Hi and welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Wherever you're listening from or watching YouTube, Facebook or any other so uh, streaming platforms. It's easier when Dan does it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can I do it in Polish? You just put subtitle. <laughs> With the international, right? Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of Friday PM. Wherever you're watching from YouTube, Facebook or listening to any podcast platforms. Welcome to you. And today it's our fifth episode of eight uh, of our History of Weinsong. And we welcome you to this journey with us. And today we're going to be talking about international travels, how they sped up with the third permanent team of Weinsong. So we're going to be talking about international travels, maybe uh, singing in phonetics. What is it? And how uh, did we do that in Weinsong? How are we still doing that with Weinsong? And we're going to have maybe one name that might be familiar with you. So stay tuned and have a blessed time with us during this episode. Thank you for watching. ask me who writes the songs for Vine Song, I prefer to say that I'm only the channel that God uses because I think it's tremendous miracle that God would use me and that he's changed so many thousands of lives and these songs are sung in so many different languages. <laughs> So it's my joy and privilege today to be with John Watson, the leader and founder of Vinesong, but who also is a pastor, a teacher, a composer. Uh, and one of the unique characteristics of Vinesong is the fact that you sing in so many different languages. And as you say, you know, you can't all be uh, multilingual, but you learn to sing, to, to, to sing your songs in the local languages phonetically. How did that idea come to you? Well, I have to give God all the clear credit. Yeah. Because I didn't even know what phonetics were. Right. <laughs> and I believe there are phonetic rules. We don't have them. Because, you know, my cousin and her husband had to, they had to go on with their lives after four years. And they went back to South Africa. I think Cliff was the first one that to go to Bible school. And God raised up another team but people from Europe. We had uh, uh, Guyana, South America. We had Italy, Bulgaria, Sweden, Holland, England. So all these nations. Uh, 
We would sit with the worship leader, we'd write it, they would say it to us in their language. Mm. The Lord has uh, been gracious enough to give us the, uh, the prophetic uh, uh, license, as it were, to be invited to many nations, from Singapore to Poland from Portugal to the Czech Republic. And we travel 11 months out of 12 using England as our base. And that of course is how finally after many years, God showed me that he would bring a new team from the nations, for the nations. They're all, as you know, um, uh, great in whatever field they're involved in, teaching or preaching and, and singing is just part of it. Uh, worship is just part of it, but everyone has a tremendous ministry. It's very encouraging to watch the team because there's a tremendous spirit of unity and also uh, a spirit of um, almost perfection. And that way today we can write a new language as fast as the person can talk it. Wow. We can write it in what works for me. Um, trumpet. Course of trumpet. Phonetic French. <laughs> I'm rather ashamed to show anyone this. Practice, much. The rhythm is, is difficult. Okay. It's the only way my African ear can phoneticize the language. come up to us and try and talk to us in their language afterwards and go, Right. Can't talk it, but we can see <laughs> Right. <laughs> this third team, which was a big team for about 12 or 14 years, some of them, each person has a wonderful story and a great team. And uh, I believe that God's hand was completely in it. We started off with Jonathan Swaby. He came to our meeting at Kensington Temple, our last meeting with Carol and Greg in it, Jonathan helped to interview people who might be likely people to join Vinesong. Oddly enough, Jonathan came to see me privately and he said, John, I think I'm supposed to be there after interviewing everyone. God chose him. And he was up front with me and he said, I don't know how long it'll be because my vision is to meet someone and get married and have a family, which is exactly what happened with his life. After he'd been really, really faithful uh, for a couple of years and he did some very strategic things in Vinesong, uh, in the beginning with David Hathaway, um, and he came to Bulgaria and Hungary and uh, Eurovision, 
the first one. And so it was a great time. But then through his interviewing and helping me, I said to him, he came to Heathrow Airport one day to see me and I said, Jonathan, be prepared to fly because God is going to let Vansong fly all over the world to do ministry. And sure enough, after that, we began to fly everywhere. Jonathan was with me when Carol Lashley Bob went to a Vinesong concert and she went came to hear us. She said to her friend, she said, don't disturb me. If I ever belong to a ministry, it must be this one, like this one. A lady came to me at one of our meetings prophetically and she said, I was at a prayer meeting the other day and this young lady from Guyana stood up and sang in the spirit and she said, when I heard her singing, the Lord said, tell John about her for Vine Song. And I phoned Carol and she still laughs about this because, you know, she came from a, a, a missionary family. Uh, Philip Mohaber and her mum were are well-known missionaries. She uh, told everyone when I phoned her in her family, she said, be quiet. And she covered the phone. She said, it's fine song on the line. And I said, Carol, I don't know if you're interested in uh, meeting me with a view to joining our ministry. And she was so excited. What do I do on stage? I sing. I'm one of the singers. And off stage, I make sure that the wardrobe section is clean, their clothes are clean and ironed and get their clothes ready for the, the meeting. So I sing the lead part. Um, yeah. And sometimes, you know, when Evelina sings solo, I will do her harmony. And so she joined. And then uh, in Bulgaria, we met Evelina Tonchiva. She was Bulgarian. On stage, I'm an altar singer. And um, we normally just flow with, with John and with the Holy Spirit, how, how God, you know, directs the meeting. And off stage, uh, my department is to take care of the tapes and the CDs and all that, the merchandise. So that is what I'm involved. And I enjoyed it very much. And she and her family escaped during communist times and they went through the mountains of um, Italy, I think, or Yugoslavia. And they literally almost walked all the way to Sweden. She was in Sweden, and eventually, when she grew up, she became uh, one of the team members of, of Christopher Allen, and many of you know Christopher Allen is, but she's a, a distinct alto singer. And I think in Chris Allen's ministry, she didn't have to sing. And so anyway, she felt it was right to come to Vinesong. And so we had the, uh, the harmonies going there. And then uh, 
And we were staying out in the New Forest by this stage. We had a wonderful brother in the team. His name was Tim Lloyd. And Tim Lloyd had worked for the BBC and was an engineer. And he joined our ministry as our sound engineer and road manager. And Tim had arranged for us to go and stay in his parents' old home. We had this campaign and Phil Woolley came along to the, one of the meetings with his family and his father. Officially, I'm the road manager and I take care of all the bookings and liaise with the churches uh, once the tour has been uh, put into place. And um, I'm also part of the, the team that ministers on the stage and uh, I play bass guitar and, and sing as well. And Phil came forward to the front for prayer and as I prayed for him, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he was shaking and crying and and um, Phil actually wrote me a letter asking me if he could come along and gain some experience. And I got the letter in Ireland, so I contacted Phil and I said, we need a road manager. Anyway, he eventually came to Holland where we were and came to see me and he'd been with the Continental Singers. So Phil joined us and we were singing together and I heard him mumbling away in bass. And so I said, Phil, I think you're a bass singer and that's exactly what we need. And so the full spectrum of harmonies came into play with Vinesong. God began to use our harmonies so much and then um, we had uh, Isaac Nottoboom from Holland. My part as a singer is that I sing with Carol the melody. So it's a sort of, you, you, you are the basic of, of, of the song. So I have not a particular alt or tenor or bass. My original voice is, is a high baritone but I, I use it as just the melody. Off the stage, I'm looking after the finances of the, of the team. And by setting up, I do the, the, the wiring of the, the leads and, and the microphones, monitors. He had been working at the university and laboratory for a long time, and he'd never thought of leaving but one day he wanted to go to Psalmody School in South Africa. And it was then that he realized that, you know, there was more for his life. Came back to Holland at the same time that someone told me about him. And uh, I said to Isaac, he actually, his church had given him the job of taking Vinesong around on an off day. And he took us to see windmills and things. And we walked behind him. And um, Carol looked at me and I think uh, Jonathan Swaby as well. We looked at each other and said, yep, he's right. And uh, it's like he broke his pattern and gave God a chance 
to give him new direction in his life. So it didn't take a lot to talk about Vinesong for him to make up his mind. And then we did a big tour in South Africa. Peter Diffin was the sound engineer in his dad's church. My part on the team is to look after the technical side of the equipment, make sure it's running right, and basically to assist Hillary as the sound engineering team, make sure it all runs smoothly during the services. And I also run our computer screen, which has our words on it, and uh, we run it in different languages, and my job is to type in the different languages and keep that up to date as well. He had met many ministries, and he was kind of one of the best. And he came to see me and he said, John, out of all the ministries I've worked with, I feel the anointing is on Vinesong. And I would really love to be a part of it. Which is exactly what happened. He was 19 and his dad said, please, on one condition, when we eventually call for him, will you let him come and take over? And that's what happened when Peter was 25 or 26. He went back to Africa to help his dad. And uh, Peter was very humble. He wasn't a show-off, wasn't telling everyone that he was Smith Wigglesworth's great-great-grandson. But we could discern the anointing on him and he accredits a lot of his growth and experience to being in Vinesong. So, of course, he got so used to seeing mixed churches in Vinesong that when he got back to his dad's church in Johannesburg, everyone was white, and the elders said to him, you know, don't rock the boat, Sonny. Uh, these people tied their money and we don't want to disturb them. And Peter said, no, nah. he said, this is not normal. We've got to minister to anyone that comes along. And uh, thank goodness for his obedience, because today he has two campuses. His father retired from the church and went to do other ministries. And he has over 4,000 people in his church, which is on another campus. It's great to see him uh, uh, just growing so much. And he married, and he has five children, and he had a set of twins. And his mother eventually broke out and started speaking about her great-great-grandfather, Smith Wigglesworth. And... She has now gone to the old church that Smith Wigglesworth had and she signed the lease on it and they've started a church in Bradford. And then at one point, a young man came calling on our concerts and his name was Hilary Lashley Bob. I'm the sound engineer, one of the two sound engineers of the team. Um, I do the mixing and the setting up, I helped with the setting up as well. Um, John was looking for a sound engineer. I felt that 
the Lord was calling me into a ministry, but I wasn't sure exactly what kind of ministry it was. And uh, he was very smartly dressed in a GQ type uh, Hugo Boss suit, silk and cufflinks and very nice. I said, Hillary, what are you going to do with your life? He said, I'd actually like to be in ministry. So he said, I'd like to learn about it. So I said, I'll tell you what, I can teach you now. He said, yes. So hold out your hands. He held out his hands and I had a big roll of cable. I was busy rolling and I plonked the whole thing in his hands and I said, ministry begins like this. <laughs> Never thinking that he'd become such a faithful person, the best driver in the world. And the sound, great, he's a famous sound engineer today. And uh, his wife, Carol, of course, he and Carol got married eventually. They live in Oklahoma. And uh, and they had two children in Vinesong. They had um, Naomi, who's become a great singer, and Israel who's a great musician and singer and songwriter. And he's studying music at Old Roberts University. And they had one more daughter called Hannah. So it's a blessing to see the anointing on the children of all the team members. And um, Isaac eventually married Anne. And she was originally from Rwanda. Her parents were missionaries. And uh, Anne already had two boys. And she and Isaac had a daughter called Abigail. And their daughter's 18 already. So time flies and they grow up. We got a new road manager in America, and his name was Steve Shippey. And Steve had gone to... Uh, uh, Kenneth Hagen uh, Bible School, he and Evelina kind of liked each other. They were both 38 years old, and no one was, there was no give and tell. They sat next to each other for two years, I think, or longer in the car. And I kind of had a feeling that Evelina might like Steve. And uh, eventually it worked out that they were right for each other and they had a wedding at 38. I think after a year, Evelina was pregnant and with a twin, a boy and a girl. It's like God quickly gave them a, a quick family so uh, it's lovely, all these children. So we needed a nanny, actually, uh, on one of our tours in Italy. And we were in uh, a Pentecostal church, and right in the back row there was a girl crying through the meeting, and it was the pastor's daughter, and her name was Rachel. And she was having a tough time with the Lord, and her father asked if we could give her a lift all the way through Italy to the south and leave her at her grandfather's church. 
which of course she did, and, and without finishing that trip, Phil was kind of keen on her, and she was keen on Phil, and it was hilarious how they were trying to court because she only spoke French and Italian and very little English. And when we got to the south in Naples, I think, or somewhere down there, um, the head of the uh, denomination that her father belonged to, his wife was excellent in English, and she became the uh, go-between between Phil and Rachel. And so Phil and Rachel had a big talk. He wanted to make sure about the vision she had for her life before he got interested because you have to find out more about the other person as well. Today, many people get married and they don't really know uh, what the other one really wanted for their lives. And then they spend the rest of their lives trying to change the other one and that doesn't come and then they eventually get divorced. So it was great when they found out that they had the same vision, uh, they started to let their feelings go a little bit, knowing that there was interest that was godly. And uh, Rachel came back to England as our nanny for Carol's daughter, Naomi, and traveled everywhere with us. In the next episode of Friday PM, During our time in Europe, uh, we got involved also with David Hathaway and uh, his Eurovision. And he brought people over from communist countries and we had big meetings. And uh, David had this tremendous vision for Europe and uh, for the uh, communist countries. And uh, it was a great uh, time.